Hey, Dad. Hey. So I was thinking about something the other day. Uh, I was listening to a guy, and he was just talking about how his success had just come out of nowhere. His church had just exploded into this massive church, and he didn't know how it happened. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's that's just amazing. Like, you know, part of me is like, why, why can't, I don't have a church, but I'm like, why couldn't something like that happen to me just out of nowhere? God blesses it, and we go from this to, and, but then I started researching the guy. Yeah. And I find out he's got all these massive connections, like people who have mega churches. He's got all these. And I'm like, dude, okay, like that's great, your humility and all. I yeah. don't know how it happened, but a lot of it was who he knew. And and I've, yeah. I've found over and over again that when you do the backstory on a lot of people, look, some people do build it from the ground up, right? But there's always these kind of connections that yeah. somewhere there, or they had access to some money yeah. or something. And, and I've started to realize, okay, I want to believe God grants massive success. Like, I want to believe that. That's the American Jesus, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Jesus wants to bless all your plans. I want to believe that. And I do believe there's an element of truth to that. I think he blesses his plans more than he blesses your plans. But that's a technicality. Moving along. All right. So, yeah. but I'm wondering, like, is all success from God? Because we, we'd like to write that off. But there's some, I mean, there's just some people, like, I know this guy. Uh-huh. You know him too. Total conniver. Really shady dude, but he has got a crazy gift for building churches. And he's yeah. got this magnetic personality, and he's so smooth, and he just knows the right things. He's got this intuitive ability to draw people in. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him with a 20-foot pole at this point, but man, people are coming to the Lord through him. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so is that the Lord's success, or is that his personality, or is that what he knows, or is that his location? That's another one. Sometimes it's location. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, I built this, oh, it's just a small town, just, you know, uh, you know, I built this church of 30,000 in this small town. Little town of Rockwall yeah. is the one I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, you're thinking of, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just outside the Metroplex of Dallas. Houston or Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So what How do you think? It, it just happened. I don't know why these people drive all the way out here. Yeah, I know. You know, and the, the, the that would be fine, whatever. You know, it makes for great, uh, in the Christian magazine, it makes for a great story. But the problem with that is, is speaking as one who was struggling, trying to plant a little church out in a rural area, you know, with more chickens and goats and and feral cats than people. Um, when you hear something like that, because they'll usually say, well, we just prayed. Oh, That's I know we that we one We prayed, thing. and it was God. So what you're telling me is, <laughs> yeah. The other guy's not praying right? <laughs> I'm either not praying enough, or, well, it was just the blessing of the Lord. Yep, yep. Okay, well, then apparently I'm missing the blessing of the Lord. Or could it be that I'm 10 miles outside of town in a farm area, and you're in a metroplex. Could yeah. it be that's part of the success? Or I, I saw this one a lot too. Um, and a pastor, he had pastored two churches and he is at, at, at this other church now. And he's like, I didn't realize just how much money was in our other town. He's like, money just was flowing in. Yeah. And he started pastoring in a more, it was south, down South Texas. And it's just not as much money there. And uh, well, at least not as much money maybe in the church. If you yeah. work in drugs, there is. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so he was like, I just, you know, I didn't realize how much money we had. And I was like, so yeah. it wasn't a, a, a function of your amazing preaching. <laughs> it yeah. was like, there's just way more money in so that we town. can do yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of it so too. What was your, your example in Rockwell? What were you talking about? Oh, this was years, ages and ages ago. A guy who, pa- who was a youth pastor of a huge church in Dallas, the lead pastor died cancer, and they asked him to be the pastor. Oh, no, I don't feel like the Lord's called me to do it. So he moves, I don't know. 15, 20 miles away, which is nothing in Dallas to drive that many miles. You yeah, know? yeah, you go to the grocery store. Yeah. yeah, and so he starts this little church in this little town. and uh, A it suburb explodes. of Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it explodes, 
and uh, he attributed it all to prayer. And this was when I was planting a church out in the rural area, you know, and he attributed it all to prayer. And I'm thinking, man, we got to pray. When we have a prayer meeting, everybody shows up at this church, all 20 of them, you know, <laughs> so I thought, we're praying God. And it was just, and then I found out the backstory. Somebody said, well, did you know this? And I go, no, I didn't know that. And the article in Charisma magazine didn't say that, you know, and I thought, this is thanks, <laughs> man. The backstory is the guy already had a following. He was a youth pastor yeah, of the church, right? Yeah, he was right? a youth pastor of this huge church. They yeah. wanted him to pastor, and he did. He said, no, I'm going out here. And so a bunch of the people I'm followed gonna, him. I'm going to plant a church in the boonies. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and then all those oh, people follow. Right. You know, let's that's the way honest. it is. That's the yeah. way it is. Like oftentimes you're like, well, that's not total disclosure of all the facts. And it yeah. oftentimes it comes down to being at the right place, knowing the right people, having the right access to money, which location, I know location, that sounds location. so unspiritual. It does. But yeah. there is that element of it. But I think we have yeah. to recognize that because otherwise, again, I, I think we start, um, thinking maybe something's wrong with our relationship with God that he's not massively blessing it. And why am I not having the success that that guy had? And sometimes it's just, yeah. you ain't got the personality that guy's got. Like yeah. that guy is super charismatic uh, personality wise. I think we've all seen ministers that have built on their charisma with a foundation that doesn't have the character to support it. No. Well, okay, maybe not everybody's seen that, but I've seen that a time. We've or two. seen it forty times in the last year, right? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, you see these guys that get uh, what was homeboy up in um, uh, New York? Uh, you know, he got promoted by yeah. Brian Houston, and um, I never really liked the way he dressed, but I was kind of suspicious the way he dressed. Anybody that dresses that way, I'm suspicious of them. But anyway, I have to check out um, how he dressed. He I'm was like, super charismatic, and he became yeah. the the counselor to the stars and all this stuff. And it's yeah. like, you know, meanwhile the guy's doing all sorts of. Well, and then Horrible Brian thing. had his problems. So I it's know. like, oh my gosh. It's like, I, you know, here's the deal. I think what happens, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not here to judge anybody because it doesn't make any difference. It's not me. I don't know all the backstory, as I just admitted. Mm -hmm. But the point is, I've. it seems to me like many times by charisma or by personality, people have built ministries that the foundation of their character isn't big enough for. And so what happens is... I don't think Satan really minds how big of a ministry you build if he's got a faulty foundation. Mm. Because the bigger it's built, all he has to do is pull on that foundation and the whole thing comes toppling down. And it's even bigger victory and for him. bigger victory for him because but, more people are hurt by it. It's a bigger, uh, more in the media, it's more seen. So he kind of maybe even helps build these big ministries. And I think, you know, I just think of sometimes, I remember a guy I went to this conference and he was a young guy, and he was talking. About, and the speaker said something about, "Yeah, I had a nervous breakdown, you know." And he wasn't very old either, younger than me. And this young guy goes, "Yeah, me too." And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, is it really worth having a nervous breakdown at 30 mm. to build a big church? And is that really of the Lord? I mean, I know in their it's not for me to determine because I know in their heart they're looking at, oh, "I'm reaching, got to reach more people for Jesus, got to do more for Jesus." And that's noble, mm -hmm. but I kind of wonder, check your attitude. Maybe you're in that situation. <clears throat> check your attitude. Would you work, be working just as hard if you were the associate pastor and your name wasn't over the door? and nobody, Or you were the janitor and you never got credit for anything that happened. Would mm -hmm. you be working hard enough to bring yourself to a nervous breakdown if your name wasn't attached to it? Mm -hmm. Then you know it really has to do with the kingdom and it really has to do with, I'm doing this for the Lord. Well, there's a little pushback on that. So I do think there are certain personality types, like the Enneagram three for one, uh, three, I shouldn't have said one after that, the three, three 
Enneagram three, three for one. Four, yeah. one. <laughs> three for one. Wow. Uh, oh, I said three letters. Three numbers are, yeah. The Enneagram three, they are so driven by achieve, 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 which is why they get so much done. I mean, mm-hmm. I look at three sometimes and, and I'm like, how in the world do they get so much done? I'm, I'm tired, you know, by noon. And, you know, Enneagram threes are like pumping out through the night, living off a of four hours sleep. So there are some people that are more driven by that. And I would say they probably would be doing that even as the associate pastor. Um, you know, it's not so much their name on it. But, you know, I'm not sure that's that doesn't mean it's godly because, you know, well, that's the way God made me. But, you know, Paul, mm. I don't know what his Enneagram number was, but Paul had to learn. Paul was a one, man. That guy was hardcore. Well, yeah. he was he was knocked down. We're at the end of ourselves. We're ready to commit suicide or whatever. You know, we thought we weren't even going to survive, whatever, however you want to translate that. Um, and he says, and Man, you're gonna, we're going to get hate mail about that. Did you just say Paul wanted to commit suicide? And one of the, yeah, there was one of the translations that it translates it that way to where he says that we were at the end. I want, I don't want you to be ignorant about what happened in Asia. Oh, I, I know that, but yeah. where's the suicide come in? That was one of, the, one of the translations. Maybe it was mine. No, there's one translation that actually says we were even on the verge of thinking suicide or something like that, you know. It says we are at the end of ourselves. Keep talking. I'm going to look so this up. So he's talking. Yeah. He's so yeah. You figure out which translation. Second Corinthians one eight. Here it is. For we would. Nah, I'm going to do King James version because that's what Jesus used. Um, for we would not have you ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed beyond measure, beyond strength, and so much that we despaired even of life. Despaired even of life. One one of them translates that to where we even were considering. And, you know, whether they were considering or whatever, I'm not sure how it translates it. The spirit of life seems to be the ongoing translation of that, but okay, gotcha. Well, there's one. Maybe it's the message. I don't know. One of those her- heretical ones. Maybe it's the passion. We here at the Malm Podcast <laughs> do not believe Paul wanted to commit suicide. We believe things <laughs> just got bad for him. Okay. I think that was a bad translation, whoever translated that. I don't think, I will never go there. All right, keep going. So, yeah. So, anyhow, <laughs> the fact is, but he, he says the reason for that was so that, you know, because again, he came to the end of himself. God gave mm-hmm. him more than he could handle. <gasps> you mean God will give you more than he handled? Yeah, he did with Paul. Well, the goal of making it the strength, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's right? what he said. He said, this was so we would learn not to depend on ourselves. And so I think you can learn to not depend on yourselves without having going through a nervous breakdown or without, maybe not. Paul had to. Maybe certain temperaments don't. Maybe they do have to come to the end of themselves and have a nervous breakdown or be at you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those temperaments that I think God had to, you know, to take me to the threshing floor. Well, that he probably has to do with everybody, mm. you know, but I guess a lot of it has to, yeah, it, with different temperaments. It, sometimes you just like with you, well, frankly, I've done the same thing. You've typically chosen the harder road. Me personally, yes, you personally. Yeah. Is, is there another road to take? <laughs> Yeah, and it's a lot more fun. <laughs> Only pansies take the easy road. <laughs> well, I realize I've kind of done that too, you know, but uh, not not intentionally. But I've wondered about that. Like, so success, right? So I early on figured out I don't want to work for anybody. Mm-hmm. And when I see people that chose to work for someone and it propelled them to like crazy levels of success because they got to kind of build on the shoulders right. of of somebody that came before them um, or, or the organization, I get a little envious of that sometimes i'm like man if i would have just stuck it out but i also think i would have died in the i would have probably been suicidal in the process because my temperament is just i have a really hard time working within systems so i choose the harder road and i often wonder have i limited my you know massive success because i have chosen to go it on my own on a lot of things and um and and i've figured out for me the payoff is i'd rather do it the hard way and 
go it alone. And again, I'm not saying going alone is, is a good thing. I'm just saying uh, in terms of, you know, I could have latched on. I had an opportunity presented to me several years ago, a nationally yeah. known guy. I was like basically next in line to get this job. And I got into it and I realized I was going to basically have to wear a gorilla suit. They were going to tell me what to say, what to do. And then like yeah. I put my little my little twist on it. But I saw that and I was like, yeah, this would propel me to success. And, you know, this guy is, I mean, this guy plowed the ground. He's a right. nationally known guy. Yeah. And I was going to be coming on board with his organization. But I got into it and I realized I don't want that. Yeah. The easier road would have been to say, okay, I'll just do do it, say yes. And again, latching on, that would have been the backstory to have been like, this guy's an overnight success. Well, I kind of latched on to this other guy's success and he right. propelled me to, to that. But I chose to not do that. And I'm so grateful I didn't because I realized more and more about myself. I literally, I would have been Paul saying, I'm, I'm, I'm suicidal. <laughs> I despaired for my life, right? Yeah. Because it just wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah. Um, so success is going to look different for me, I think. Yeah. I've had to resign myself to that. I think we need to, def- you know, the whole definition of success, I think, is so skewed. That's a big part of the problem. Success is when you stand before the Lord on that final day and he says, well done. Mm. And I think if you've chosen your own path rather than choosing the path he had for you, I don't think you're going to hear well done. There's an interesting passage, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, could be 2 Corinthians, but it's in Corinthians, and it talks about that there'll come a day when we will stand before the Lord and his fiery eyes will be applied, and there will be those who have built on wood, hay, and stubble, Mm -hmm. and then those who've built on gold, silver, and precious stones. And those who've built on wood, hay, and stubble, what they've built will be consumed. I know exactly where you're at, 1 Corinthians 3. Um, it says, for, uh, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, capital D, mm-hmm. it's the judgment day, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work yeah. that one has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire, which is basically saying this isn't a judgment yeah. on the condemnation. There's no condemnation no. in Christ. Uh, it's saying some of the stuff we've done that looks so great on paper or right. buildings we've built, he's going to go, eh, doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah. So welcome to the club. You're in. But but everything that you thought you were bringing along, all the accolades that you were given here on earth, mm. they don't mean anything here. And I think the difference is, are they works of, we use the old term, works of the flesh? In other words, I did it by the arm of the flesh, or I did it by the, by the Spirit of God. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Was it, done not by, was it done by your might, by your power, by your charisma, by your personality? If so, it may look awesome here on earth. Mm. But it's wood, hay, and stubble, and when the flame is applied, not going to be anything left. It's, it's interesting. I had never noticed this before, but that passage falls under the heading of divisions in the church. Uh, the translators put divisions in the church and the ESV, which is, is a pretty good translation. Um, not as good as KJV. That's the one Jesus used. But divisions in the church, it's interesting that how often are the divisions in the church a function of someone trying to gain this success or gaining a name? Yeah. And, and they do it. And they'll split a church and lead people astray or lead, not astray, let's not call it astray, lead them to their other church. Yeah. And all of a sudden this thing blows up and again, another backstory, you know, that you haven't heard like, oh yeah, well it just happens. This was a church split, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, That's how they started the first Sunday. Our first Sunday we had 1400 people. Yeah, Yeah. they're all the disgruntled people that left the other church. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's interesting that how often do divisions in the church come from that? Our drive to 
produce something. I think that was what was interesting about COVID for us at our church. Um, Marcus, the the pastor, the senior pastor at the, where I'm the teaching pastor, he said this. He said, you know, I started to realize how much of what we do at the church is just to justify our existence. Mm-hmm. He said, we just come up with stuff because we're here all week and yeah. uh, people are giving money and it's like, well, we need to, you know, we need a small group for people with Peruvian hairless chihuahuas. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. So that make, I, the, you know, how often? So we, when we started back, mm-hmm. um, we weren't closed very long because Marcus is pretty gutsy, <laughs> but uh, he's like, all this stuff we don't need to do. What's the, what was it stripped down? Was it um, St. Ex, uh, what's it called? Like the French guy, St. Exbury, he said, uh, perfection is achieved not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing more to take away. I think that's a great yeah. example. So many yeah. churches, we turn, we create these ginormous things and you go, how much of them are actually producing fruit the Lord is looking for from your church? And how much of it is to just justify our existence? Yeah. How much it was just a good idea, but not a God idea. And I wonder that sometimes in my life where I'm always looking for something to do because I'm like, I'm on earth. I got to do something for God. And you've told me that sometimes like, well, um, maybe you just need to like ask the Lord what you're supposed to do. And some of the stuff you're doing, you don't actually need to do. And the more I do that, the more I find, gosh, man, I was had a lot of plates spinning that really weren't leading to where I think God wanted me to take me, but they were good things. They weren't bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. They just, but they kept me busy. Um, but I didn't maybe have the margin I needed to pour fully into what God was actually asking me, which yeah. is, which is, I believe is what success is being available to do whatever he asks of you, whenever he asks of you, however he asks of yeah. you. And sometimes that means you have some downtime because you have to have that, that uh, margin when he does ask you to do something. A mutual friend of ours said something years ago and it really impacted me. He said, you have enough time to do everything God wants you to do if the only thing you're doing is what God wants you to do. Uh-huh. Okay. So if I'm getting overwhelmed, maybe there's some things I need to peel off here that aren't really, God's not really asking me to do. Yeah. And, which is, which is success. I mean, success is doing what he's called, what you, he's to called you to do. Yeah. And nothing, you know, nothing I think more. So uh, Paul was talking to Timothy about wealth and riches in our society. We're not so interested in riches as we are in success, you know, mm-hmm. and being, being well-known and fame. I think some of what he said about riches could be applied to seeking to be well-known. He said, you know, people who long to be well-known, who long to be famous, long to be successful, fall into great temptations and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin. And he went on and he says, they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I think seeking too much to be Mm. successful in the world's view versus success, meaning I've obeyed God, did what he called me to do, did only what he called me to do, and did what he called me to do. If you're seeking anything else, you're probably going to get pierced through with many sorrows. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, check out joelmalm.com. And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.